Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneur Series. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa. This mini-series has been designed to shine the light on aspirational hustling entrepreneurs who have built successful purpose-driven businesses. Through their lens, you'll get an authentic insight into hustling with heart, leading with purpose and the mindset tools they have used to overcome fear and make their dreams a reality. Welcome to the final episode of the Entrepreneur Series. Today, I'm joined by the wonderful Courtney Mangan. Courtney, among many things, is incredibly smart, driven, and successful. Working alongside her brother Sam, together they founded Spin & Co, a branding agency on the Gold Coast, as well as the Spin Studios, which is the home to some of the country's most loved and adored podcast shows, including her own, She Was The Fire. And if that wasn't enough, Courtney is also the creative director for James Cosmetics, and owns her own stationery brand to fuel her passion and love for all things organisation and productivity. However, in 2019, Courtney was given a stage 4 cancer diagnosis, a battle she positively fought throughout 2020. With a background in communications and a very impressive resume, Courtney was a perfect hustler to join me for this series, proving that with a great work ethic and some killer stationery, you can do anything. I loved this chat and all of Courtney's knowledge and insights, and I really hope you do too. Here's Courtney. Hello, lovely Courtney. Hi, well, thank you so much for having oh, me. Oh, thank you. Well, technically you're having yeah, me. Yeah, I guess technically, I'm yes, you're in my your studio. <laughs> wonderful studio, which is so exciting. I honestly like have these moments where I really visualize being in a studio and this was so special walking in here today. So thank you so much oh, for having nice. me. I'm glad you like the soundproofing it's vibes. Awesome. <laughs> it's so cool. It feels like the real deal. You know, okay. when you're so used to working from the kitchen bench and yeah. you're like, this is not glamorous. This is glamorous. So yeah, we have you. some people come in that like podcast out of their closet and stuff and they're yeah. like, oh my God, it's so much more fancy than that. It's awesome. I love it. So thank you so much for having me and I'm so excited to have you on this series. You are a boss. It's awesome. I love what you're doing. Even, you know, the conversation we had when I first arrived, just about everything you're doing with the business and you just have such a calm energy with so much you've got going on. And I I really admire that about you. So I'd love to hear a little bit about you. Where did your career start? And I guess, where is it today? Yeah. Okay. Well, I went to uni and I studied communications, majoring in uh, marketing and PR. And before that, I was working while I was at uni and I was always kind of like someone who was progressing up the ladder in whatever job I was doing. And I was a manager in sales. So doing like timeshare and then holidaying sales and all that kind of stuff. So it was always that kind of like call center vibe. And I was like the manager of calls. And so very fast paced, very goal driven, heavy KPIs, like very full on kind of environments about like, you know, you must sell right now, now, now. And I was a manager of those kinds of environments with like hundreds of staff um, at like a a quite a young age. And then I was made redundant during the like sort of global, I'm a bit older, so global financial crisis. It was an American company that I work for. So obviously America was hit very hard. They had to fire like all of their team overseas. And so then Australia took a big hit as well. And they fired like, I don't know, like 300 people in one day or made some redundant, some were let go. And so at that point I was like, oh my gosh, like I've been kind of messing around a bit with uni. Like I was there, but 
I wasn't fully there. I was like, I was doing it part time. Like this is going to take forever to finish. I need my degree if I want to do anything with my life because I have a very niche skill set in telemarketing. You know what I mean? I didn't really like telemarketing, but it was just like what I was good at and just continued to climb the ladder. So I just kept doing that. And so then I went back to uni and studied full time, like really knocked it out just to get it done. Then shortly after uni, one of my like, sorry, just just as I was finishing, my final course was like a journalism course and you had to interview someone in real life for a story, like whatever it was for an assignment. And my brother at the time was meeting one of his friends and helping out this guy running for mayor. And I was like, well, that's kind of an interesting story. Maybe I'll just interview this guy running for mayor and find out about him. And when I met with him, he just really like liked me, I guess. And I was, he was working with my brother, Sam, and he was like, oh, do you want to come on the team and help write press releases and stuff? Like, that's what you were doing at uni. I just had one course left. So I was like, all right, sounds good. Anyway, so basically from there, Sam and I were working on this mayoral campaign, super didn't know what we were doing. This guy had like all of these like family and friends who at the start had said like, oh, we're going to help out and do everything for you. And then they just kind of disappeared and he was just stuck with like these two kids basically. <laughs> but our favorite mo- our favorite TV show was The West Wing. So we thought we were living out our like, you know, presidential campaign dreams. <laughs> and just during that process, we kind of like made all these connections and Sam had studied law and he was like, oh, this is an interesting path that we're like making these connections with these people through fundraising and stuff for the Merrill campaign. And, you know, you get to talk to local businesses and all that kind of stuff to get support for the mayor. And we just from there were like, oh, maybe we should try this PR thing. Like that's what I just got my degree in. And Sam's like a really good networker and he's like law is a good base for many jobs, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Not just being a lawyer. And so that's kind of when we just decided to start our own business, just winged it. And none of us had, neither of us had experience. I was fresh out of uni. He didn't even do that at uni. And we just winged it and started it from there. So it was kind of a side hustle to begin with for a couple of years. Sam then took it full time. And then we got to a point where we were like ready for me to go full time too. And that was about eight years ago. And now yeah. we're here. And I, so we own Spinning Crow together, which is now a full branding agency. It does like digital marketing, working with influencers, events, branding, traditional PR, like the whole, the full gamut, content creation. And now we own the Spin Studio Network, which is why we have a podcasting studio. Uh, And I am also creative director for Sam's other company, which is James Cosmetics, which is a skincare brand. So that's kind of, I guess that's how it came about and where I was then, now where I am now. (laughs) So that's the question, I guess. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you like take moments to just think about that? Like to think about that journey? For me, it's a bit of an interesting one because I think this would kind of resonate with a lot of people out there. Like obviously I'm in a partnership with my brother and he is the more go-getter, take the risks, like let's just do what we have to. And I'm like, oh, let's make a plan. Let's do a very calculated decision. And so we have very different cause when it comes to that like he's the kind of this is the the basic of it if for something like early on we were short of money and we lost a client or our clients weren't paying as much I would be like okay where can we save money here where can we make sure that we're like controlling our budgets a bit better and Sam would be how can I make more money so we had those very opposite kind of, yeah. I'm like, how do we save money? He's like, how do we make more? And that's like a very good example of our two personalities. And it works well because I'm behind the scenes doing planning and he's out there taking the crazy risks. So we have kind of that balance there. Yeah. So for me, I'd never really dreamt of owning my own business. Yeah. I'd always, when I envisaged myself, it was always that like sex in the city career woman, <laughs> like, it. you know, like in charge of her own destiny, but also like working within a company where maybe I'm yeah. a, a manager or a leader 
ladder in mm-hmm. some form and working my way up a corporate ladder was kind of what I saw, but Sam always wanted to go out and do his own thing. And so, uh, you know, it was at first a lot of resistance for me because I was scared. It's scary to start your own thing. And Sam, I would say to him, like, do we have enough money for me to quit my job yet to come across? And he just one day said to me, like, there's no day where I'm going to say we have enough money for you to quit your job. You just have to risk it. We just have to go for it. We can't grow without you coming here full time. And unless you come full time, we're never going to know whether it's going to work or not. So I just had to kind of go, okay, let's do it then and just risked it. And luckily I've been able to pay my bills ever since, thank goodness. (laughs) And what was that moment for you like, you know, like actually leaving a secure, well-paying job, you know, like taking that leap of faith and going. It was really scary. Yeah. Because it goes against who I am as a person. I'm not the kind of person that I don't like. I've been to the um, to Vegas many times. I don't even gamble while I'm when I'm there because it's just not something that I'm into. Yeah. I just don't like that risk taking kind of behavior, and it's was to me really oh my god like I'm old I'm five years older than Sam so at that point it was a bigger risk to me, um, and I knew that like you know I could be putting like my life on hold because I'm climbing up the corporate ladder over here. If I, you know, stop and do this thing and it fails, what does that say about us? Whereas like Sam's mentality is if it's failed, we start another thing. You know what I mean? I was just like, oh my God. So our brains are just set very differently. Um, Even though we grew up in exactly the same circumstances, it's just, I think sometimes women and men can be cautious in different ways. And so, yeah, it was definitely scary. But I think one of the things that really also gave me the push was, you know, Sam saying, we're never going to know. And I went into my boss because we were going to go to a trip to America, my first trip to America. And he said to me, no, I'm not going to give you the time off, even though I had something like nine weeks leave just sitting there. Cause I'm the kind of person that like, I'll treat your business. Like it's my business. Yeah. I don't take sick oh. days. I don't take leave. And he was like, no, you can't take it. And I was like, I'm taking it and I'm not coming back. Yeah, <laughs> so wow. yeah, that was kind of the push that I was like, why am I busting my guts here for somebody else? why don't I put this work ethic and put it into my own business? It was that push that I needed, that Mm -hmm. reality check to go like, just give it a whirl. (laughs) Let's see what happens. Yeah. And what would you say, you know, in this, you've been doing it eight years now, but in the journey, how have you grown, I guess, as a person? Is it like more in that risk-taking department? Is it in like self-confidence? Like where have you really feel like you've stepped up? Yeah, I think for me at first, obviously a lot of what we were doing was fake it till you make it because as I said, we didn't have any experience in what we were doing and we were just like to clients like, yep, we'll figure out a way to do that. Sure. And I would be like sleepless nights being like, oh my God, how am I going to figure out, get books? Oh my God, learn from things on the internet. You're trying to teach myself. Whereas now I kind of am able to trust my skill set more. If a client says, can we do this? And we've never done it before. I don't feel as stressed because I know I can trust myself that I have the skill set to do these things and achieve these things that we need to. Yes, we may have not held an event like that before or done things that traditional way before or whatever it is. Um, but I know that I've got the skill sets to back me. So I just yeah. believe in myself a lot more. I guess that's where I've grown more, yep. that I don't stress so much. And I realize sort of what's within me and that we can hustle and get stuff done. And we've got a great skill set and we've got a great team now. You know, we, obviously it was just Sam and I, and now we're up to like over, you know, 30 or so staff. So it's, We've got that sort of built in now and we can yes. be like a lot more agile and I don't stress about it as mm-hmm. much. Now, I think that's probably the big pillar for me where I just feel like I can trust myself and yeah. that I'm good enough now, whereas I didn't feel that about myself then, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love that. Like that's a, that must be an amazing feeling. Yeah, that like, confidence yeah, in your own ability. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. And that comes with 
taking those risks, doesn't it? And being able to look back and think, wow, from stepping into that fear and taking that risk, look what's evolved, yeah. look what's happened. And it's almost like mini confident boosting blocks, yeah, aren't they? Exactly. It's like you're walking And you don't know if block. you can handle the heat until you're in the fire. Totally. You know what I mean? So we yeah. just threw ourselves in and we worked it out. So we have that. a good ability to be flexible and think on the spot and be yep. fast. And that was what had set us apart yeah. from other companies. And so that's what we were good at and that's what yeah. worked well for us and it always has. So yeah, it's definitely those confidence mm-hmm. blocks building on each other over the years. What are your strengths? Like what are your biggest strengths that you feel like you really bring to the business to keep it moving forward? So the way that we have kind of set up the business is to play to our strengths. So Sam is like a massive networker and that's something that I always said to myself, like I'm not good at that. He's really good at like talking to people. And it's actually been the last 12 months where I've been like, why can't I be a good networker? Yeah. I can do that as well. And yeah. I've kind of been like started to work on my own skill set. So it's even like I'm still growing Love all of that. the time. Um, but for me, I focus more on back at the office. As Sam does the travel, he does the meetings with the clients, whereas I focus more on the team. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier, I was a sales manager. So I was motivating staff, looking after staff, that kind of stuff. And I also handle more of the creative side of things too, so that I'm the person that comes up with like the photo shoots and looking after the team to make sure that they're, I'm very productive and organized as well. And so I'm just making sure everyone's on top of their role and everyone's like happy in their job. And that's kind of where we thrive, where I thrive. And that's where my skill set is, whereas Sam's more focused on like the bigger picture with the clients and the networking where the business is going. And I just make sure the day to day is kind of, and you mm-hmm. need both of those things. Yeah. Um, it's not always easy for one person to be able to be in the business and on the business. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that can be hard. So my strengths are more on that side of things, working mm-hmm. in the day-to-day and like looking after the team and growing us from within. And Sam, I guess, grows us externally. As an entrepreneur, how do you work on yourself? Like what does your personal development look like now? Yeah. So for me, I listen to constant podcasts. Like I'm always trying. When I first listened to podcasts, it was Serial and S-Channel, these like crime ones. And now yeah. there's barely any of that anymore. Yeah. It's all about like how you can handle stress better, marketing tips, like yeah. all different things that are to do with like my personal growth and growth within the business. Yeah. I read books all the time. Like I used to read like um, Dan Brown and James Patterson crime kind of things. And now I'm reading all those like self-dev kind of books or like Love at it. the moment, it's like the best ways to market and brand yourself and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I'm always trying to educate myself. And I think another thing is that I'm always looking at things with the eye of my job. So when I scroll through Instagram, I'm not looking at like, that's a pretty picture. I'm looking at what are they doing in that picture? How have they marketed to people? Why is that getting a lot of reach? And I'm always like assessing things in that way. When I drive past a billboard on the road, it's I'm not just like, oh, interesting billboard. I'm looking at it going like, why have they chosen that font? And why did they choose that photo to capture people's attention? So it's always just like, I'm always just eyes open trying to consume things and how I can learn from what's going on around me. I love that. So it's much. tiring. <laughs> Sometimes I know, I'll like just awesome. switch off. Like so imagine TikTok is a bit easier. Like I feel like when yeah. I watch TikTok I can switch off a little bit. <laughs> and you need those moments, don't yeah. you? Of like just calm because yeah. which is hard when you own your own business. Yeah. You don't like you my staff go on a holiday and it's like I'm yeah. so relaxing. I was able to switch off and I'm mm-hmm. like I don't even have a button that I could press to switch off. That yes. doesn't exist for an entrepreneur because if anything goes wrong 
the staff aren't going to mm-hmm. deal with it. They're going to call us. You know what I mean? Totally. It's like you, you're constantly on, mm. especially when, you know, you, a lot of our businesses PR and that's like yes. the press never stops. You know what I mean? It's 24 yep. hours a day. Crises can happen with our staff at any time. Yep. So, you know, we work with a lot of influencers as well and that can happen. They work 24 hours mm. and so it's just it never kind of switches off. And, yes, you might not be at your desk typing up documents and replying to emails constantly, but even in the downtime you're still thinking like, oh, what's the plan for – you know, in a few months when we're doing this photo shoot or you're looking at things, go, that's a cool idea. How could I adapt that to a client event? Or it just never naturally stops. You know what I mean? You just can't. How do you now, I guess with that much going on, like you've got several businesses, your mind's always ticking over. How do you handle stress? How do you process those really hectic moments when something actually does so for me, I'm really thankful that I don't struggle from any mental health issues. So I don't get anxiety and I don't get depression or anything like that, mm-hmm. which like I'm so lucky and so many of my friends, I see it's horrible to yeah. be dealing with anxiety. So I, I don't know why I was lucky enough to not have to worry about that. But I think that when you do have those handling stress is a totally different ball game. But for me, I just kind of know my own triggers. It's a lot of like self-management for me. So if I know that I'm feeling like really stressed and overwhelmed, I'll sit down and write down every single step of everything that I have to do because just the getting it onto paper, getting it out of my brain makes me feel less stressed. And then as I do each of them, I cross it off and I get that little adrenaline hit just by Mm. crossing off something off my list. So it's just little things like that. I know that there's certain music that can calm me. So I have a a playlist that I play all the time when I really need to get in the zone to kind of tell my brain like this is now a time for concentrating. And that's, I play like music scores from movies. So it's, there's no lyrics. So I can't like sing along or anything because that's distracting as well. Um, And so I just, it's those little things that I do to make sure that like when I am stressed, I'm just realizing it. And then I sit down and figure out like, how can I self-manage? Because time management's key, but self-management is just as important for me. So that's kind of what I do. I last year end of 2019, I got my second cancer diagnosis. And that was a point where I was kind of running myself really thin. And I got the diagnosis and I went like, the doctors are telling me I need to slow down a bit. I need to take care of myself, which isn't always possible when you own two businesses and you're a creative director of a third. And so I really had to like reassess what were my self-care tools because I had to start really implementing them. I think when you own your own business and you love what you do, it doesn't feel like you're overworked, yeah. but you actually are because you're never switching off. And so yeah. when the doctors say to you, like, Courtney, you're going through cancer treatment, you have to slow down. I had to take a hard look and go, okay, I have to force myself to do this now, even yeah. though I'm not unhappy in the job, like in my career or what I'm doing, but I have to give my body and my mind that yeah. break. So it kind of forced me to like, look at what I was doing. Yeah. And so that was like a, it's been a tough, like 12 months trying to, <laughs> change my personality to do that kind of stuff and it was like trying meditation and like all these things that just not anything that I'd ever kind of bothered doing before because I handle stress really well but sometimes you don't realize that your body is internalizing the stress and it's coming out in other ways that aren't necessarily like anxiety and depression or like lots of emotions but it could just be like I'm getting headaches all the time and I'm fatigued all the time that kind of stuff Um, or like I'm getting creativity blocks because I've got so much stress going on that kind of stuff so when I sat down and tried to really think about like what can I do to take care of my health and my mind my body Mm. and all that kind of stuff so yeah and What did that journey start to look like? You know, how has that shaped today? Well, it was like 
interesting because I'm not really spiritual or woo-woo like that. So like my one of the first things my friend gave me crystals and I was like, what am I doing with these? <laughs> um, and then they were like, now you just hold it while you meditate. And you put it outside with the, the moon, you know, like you're cleansing the water. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. <laughs> this but, is weird. Yeah, but one of the first things I did was I watched this documentary on Netflix and it was all about these people who had had cancers and they'd been told that they couldn't get any more traditional Western treatment, like the doctors couldn't do anything for them. And they went on this retreat to kind of change their mindset. And it was the power of positivity healing their bodies. Now, whether that's true or not, and it was like, you know, taking sugar pills or whatever it is, I thought, well, it doesn't, it can't hurt me. I'm not going to stop the cancer treatment, but if there are other things that I can do that potentially could help, why not? And so I'm a very pragmatic person. So it's like the glass isn't half empty. It's not half full. It's just there's water in the glass. It just like is what it is. And so I was like, well, maybe if I go on this journey to try and like shift my brain a little bit to think more like the glass is half full, maybe that could help and I can, you know, be more positive and it can only help. It can't be hurting my body to be more positive. So I just went on this journey of trying new things. So it was reading these books about, you know, self-development, which I'd never really picked one up before. Cause to me, it was like, that's like the old lady with seven cats who has self-development books, you know, and now I'm bloody can't stop reading them. And so I was like trying these, I was getting more crystals. I was like, well, it doesn't hurt if there's more crystals. What if they're helping me? You know, so I was doing all those things and trying meditation and, you know, I did some breath work and I was doing um, sound healing, all these different things. And not everything was for me, definitely. Mm -hmm. Like I I can't completely reprogram who I am as a person, but I was open to these things and realized there was a little bit more beyond how I was being so close-minded. And so even now, like I'm interested in learning about more and more and more. And I don't think I'll ever be the kind of person that's like, you know, going to a naturopath over a doctor or anything, but maybe I would go to both. We'll be right back after this healthy break. Are you stuck for healthy, fuss-free dinner options the whole family will enjoy? Well, don't worry, I have you covered. Head to thehealthyhustlers.com and download my free fuss-free recipes that include nourishing chicken risotto, a creamy tuna mornay, and loaded vegetable and chicken bolognese. These are staples on our weekly menu because they're so easy, delicious, and healthy. I also love cooking a batch on a Sunday and freezing them into individual portion sizes to use for mine and George's lunches. These recipes have been designed with busy hustlers in mind, so they're packed with nourishing and whole food ingredients to support your health and well-being goals. Head to thehealthyhustlers.com or click the link in the show notes after this episode to download my free recipes today. I know that there is so many people listening right now just going, shaking their head, being like, I'm her. I'm her. (laughs) Because it's so true. Like, you don't have to believe it all or think there's more, but like, that little bit of maybe something else that's giving you positivity or yeah. hope or whatever it is in that moment, like you say, it's not going to Yeah, exactly. Hurt. It yeah. doesn't hurt to take a little bit of time just to focus on yourself yeah. either. So it's like it's those moments where it's like, you know, I'm trying to meditate and even if I'm not very good at it, at least there was a couple of minutes I was sat in calmness and I wasn't checking my email and I wasn't scrolling through Instagram and I wasn't taking phone calls that I 
did and took to myself. You yeah. know what I mean? I might not have been able to switch my brain off like I was supposed to like, you know, fully zen out. I wasn't yeah. very good at that. But it was that time where I was able to at least sit down and be calm. And I had that ritual of getting up in the morning and sitting down to do it. And so it was just, it's all those little things and they, they can't hurt. So I thought yeah. I may as well do them. And it's even like affirmations and all that kind of stuff, which I think does help build your confidence. Like mm-hmm. you're tricking your brain into like believing these things and eventually you'll believe them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's my journey. <laughs> no, but okay. So I'd love to know, has, has it helped? Like, have you seen a positive impact? From- well, I don't have cancer anymore. So maybe. <laughs> Woohoo, that's something to celebrate. Who knows? <laughs> maybe it was the treatment. Maybe it was the affirmation. And we'll no, no, know. no, because you're so open-minded to it all. Yeah. And I love that so much. And yeah. look at you, you're literally a picture of health. You're beautiful, you're beaming <laughs> and you're like so calm. I said at the start, you have just such a calm, beautiful energy. And- Thank you. I think that's such a beautiful quality in people that, like, I'm such an energy person. I'm really drawn to people by their energy. And, yeah, I love being surrounded by yours because it's so okay. calming and grounding. Nice, um, but, you know, I, I really love he- hearing that. I guess now how do those practices fit into your everyday? Like do you have one healthy habit that you just go to that just keeps you – feeling grounded or do you are you constantly exploring and trying new things I'm definitely constantly exploring and trying new things like I I'm a producer for a lot of podcasts for the you know as I was saying for the business that I own and so I sit in with a lot of people who have very woo-woo podcasts and so I'm exposed to a lot of this like really interesting stuff that I'm like Maybe I might give that a go. So there's this lady that was on a podcast a few weeks ago. Her name was Amy and she does like, I don't know, like tapping and kinesiology, but then also can like tap into your vibe and see where you're blocked and energy blocks and stuff. Oh, I want to see her. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So I booked him with her, but then we went into lockdown. So I have to rebook him with her to go see that. So I'm, I'm open to trying these things and it's like, there's no harm in doing it. So I just feel like why not explore it? But yeah, for me, I think music has become like, I couldn't really get into the guided meditation thing. I Mm -hmm. tried it for a quite a while, really tried to do it, but I realized that music for me is my calm. So like I just try to like listen to music and lay down or like sit still in calm and listen to like songs without any lyrics in them so I can just take that moment for myself. And then sometimes I'll like force myself to like when I'm sitting down watching TV, don't go on your phone. Like even though we we just constantly and mindlessly doing it, but because I'm not actually mindless when I'm on my phone because I'm consuming Instagram in that work mind, I'm actually working all the time. And so it's just like those little things. Or I really focus on doing more social stuff now because, you know, after a year, the year I had with going through treatment, I was tired a lot and had to kind of be like, you know, I have to put my body first. I have to stay home on weekends and rest after my treatment on Fridays. And so now I'm like, well, I want to go out and like have a bit of fun and not like party hard or anything, but I can go out with my friends and do some things. I want to, I'm doing more like, um, I tried like a dance aerobics class the other day and I've tried reformer Pilates because I've never done that before. And then like, we're going to pottery in a couple of weeks. I'm just trying like different things just to get my creative goal, you know, creative juices flowing and just, you know, be out there and do different stuff. Amazing. So, yeah, that's kind of what I've learned where it's just like try new things over yeah. this like past year where it's like all of these things were some of them worked, some of them didn't, but it was still like fun trying it. So I want to keep that up, I guess. Yeah. I love that so much. Like, And how create, you know, isn't it interesting? I really love this topic of like, as humans, we're just constantly evolving. Yeah. Like, we're always evolving. And I think sometimes, and I'm sure you've felt this in business, you can like feel like this year is your one year to like get all your success or all these goals. And I have to like keep reminding myself, like, 
we don't just exist in this one year. Like I'm yeah. still evolving. I've still got more time to achieve these things and it doesn't happen, have to happen in a certain yeah, exactly. time frame. So I think having some of these tools and being able to recenter and, you know, have those mindset shifts are really important like yeah, when definitely. you are in business. Yeah. And so I love that you're just so open to that. <laughs> I'm trying it's, to. <laughs> you know, it's awesome. Like, because there is a lot of people that are, are closed off or, uh, you know, and that's fine too. You know, yeah. we're all here on our own paths, but, you know, I really love that you're so open to that. From a business perspective, what's been a really game-changing book or podcast or documentary that you feel has really helped shift your mindset or anything that you've done, I guess, in that space as a business owner that you've really gone like, wow, that was a really eye-opening or game-changing? All right. So there's been a few books that I've read over the last year or so that have sort of, I guess, resonated with me. I wouldn't say they're necessarily like they're definitely not business books, but they have helped me in business, I guess. And one of them was Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And I think for me, because I have a partnership with my brother who is male, I always have felt very much like he's the dominant one. He believes in his skills. And as the girl, I'm kind of like hiding behind in his shadow. And when I read that book, it just kind of filled me with this feeling that it's like, yes, he has a skill set. And then I have a totally different skill set as a woman and I should be valuing that just as much. And it kind of helped me really sort of feel confident in who I am. And it's like, I don't have to fit into that male dominated stereotype of what a good leader or boss or entrepreneur means, because it's so heavily descriptive around men, male terms. Do you know what I mean? Like terms that we used to describe men typically, and I don't really like that gendered stuff, but women do act differently to men and our skill sets can be different sometimes. And sometimes it's easy to diminish our skill set as not important. You know, for example, like nurturing is not typically a trait that you would say is associated with men. It's more associated with women. And that's not really a leadership term that you would use, but it's books like, you know, Untamed or The Power of Vulnerability from Brene Brown that really taught me that like as a woman, I have these skill sets that are just as important as Sam's strengths, which are like more dominant male character traits, you know, and I'm doing air quotes. No one can hear that, but that's what I'm doing. Um, You know, I I hate doing that gendered stuff, but it it is realistic that some people have more masculine and some have more feminine energy, whether you're male or female, whatever it is. Um, And so I think that those two books really helped me sort of understand that like I can have different skill sets that might be more feminine leaning and they're just as important as the more masculine ones. Because I think sometimes I know for me as a woman, you try to like play in this man's world by being more like a man. And I think it was these books that kind of helped me realize that I don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. I can play my own game and still be just as valuable and worthy in business. I honestly, anyone listening to this who hasn't read Untamed yet, like this is probably the 15th thousand times you make me say it because (laughs) I'm like, it is literally the best book. I'm reading it now for a third time because you can just take, and it's every, there's so many aspects of your life. You're talking about it from business. You know, this time I'm reading it and I'm taking so much from a parenting perspective. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. Which is, and what are you teaching, like, yeah, your children? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like, how I guess we can easily cage children from male-female feelings and how society has made girls grow up believing they need to be and boys, you yeah. know, and it's nurturing those qualities in boys, like what you're talking about from a business perspective, but then in kids, like, how can we, if we have a son, how can we nurture that 
vulnerability in them and yeah, teach because men them are taught to, they're not supposed to have emotions. Exactly. So it is such a powerful book. Like I honestly think it's probably one of the best mind well, it's definitely the best mindset book I've ever read because it touches on so many different components, I think, of our life that you can constantly yeah, be taking exactly. from. So I'm really glad you touched on that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just want to keep talking about Untamed. <laughs> so bloody good. <laughs> no, but it's like also anything Brene Brown does oh, as well. I know. Like she, she does yeah, a lot of the leadership power of stuff. So yeah, a lot of leadership books as well, like yep. Dare to Lead, which are also amazing, especially if you are, you know, owning a business where you have staff, you're not just you on your own as solo entrepreneur, but yeah, daring to lead and being vulnerable and how those are in your shame and all those different emotions are so important because I think we are taught a lot old school businesses that like you leave your baggage at the door. There's no emotions when you walk into a business. And that's just not true. You know, I have a handful of staff that suffer from anxiety. And it would be easy for me to be like, leave that at the door, but you can't. No, you yeah. can't. And so you need to be able to work with emotions, with personalities, with people when you are leading people and be understanding of that. Yeah. And so I think these, you know, these books about sort of emotions in the workplace are also very helpful. Yeah, I love that. For anyone listening now that's like, you know, got that initial idea of wanting to start a business, but maybe they're sitting in fear or there's something stopping them, what advice would you give them? I think that it's one way up, like why you have this idea. I think there are a lot of people that have we have glamorized entrepreneurship to a point where everybody thinks that they're supposed to have a side hustle and not everybody is supposed to be a business owner because one, we need staff to work in a business and not everybody wants to live that life where they mm. can never switch off and there's all the pressure on their shoulders. Some people want to be able to go home and be with their family and not have to be constantly around their phone. That's great. Yeah. Some people don't want to do that. That's also great. Mm -hmm. So really think about why you want to get into this. If you say, I want to get into my own business because I want freedom, I want to be able to make my own decisions. Let me tell you, <laughs> I don't have any of that. <laughs> So if that's what you're doing, you know, I want to be able to go on holidays whenever I want. I don't get to, even when I am somewhere physically, I'm yeah, not mentally there. Totally. You know, it is, it's not all that it's like, you know, sometimes glamorized to be. And I think we've got so many influencers now online who own their own businesses. And it's a very different kettle of fish for an influencer to own a yes. business just than the average Joe. So I think that sometimes because it is being glamorized, everyone feels like, oh, am I not good enough because I don't have my own business? Oh, I don't have a side hustle. Should I just be sitting at home playing with my kids or should I be on my laptop side hustling? You need to figure out why do you want this business? And if it is something that you're willing to just give up everything for mm -hmm. and be so passionate about, then that's great. And it's about taking that risk because there's never going to be a perfect time. You're never going to be ready. If you wait till you're ready, you'll never do it. Oh my goodness. That is seriously such beautiful advice. Honestly, it's funny. My husband always says like, um, it's not for everyone. And like really when not. he has real, you know, those really long weeks, he's got an electrical business. So when he's just like been slogging and slogging and he'll just like turn to me on a Friday and he'll be like, this is why not. it's not for everyone, Maddie. <laughs> but, and it, it does like, it really has to come from that place of knowing so deep why you were doing this. Exactly. You know, there has to be more than just that hustle and grind or that what you think, what you're supposed you think to do. it's going to do because it needs to come from such a deeper place. Absolutely. Because yeah. there's so many curveballs that always come with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. we haven't been on a holiday since my husband started his business when we were 23 that he hasn't <laughs> wow. taken work calls and his laptop. Yeah. And, you know, now I have a business, so we go away it's and same. it's like neither of us actually can just stop because – you're creative, you know, you, you're yeah. that way inclined as well. Like you said, you, you keep thinking, you keep wanting to, to move forward. Yeah, exactly. So, 
What do you wish you knew at the start that you know now? I wish I had known that I could trust myself a little bit more. Um, I guess it's easy to say, I wish I knew that it would all work yeah. out. <laughs> um, you know, that's obviously not realistic. But I do wish that I had trusted in my skill set a little bit more. I've become, you know, after having a cancer diagnosis and going through cancer treatment, it's definitely changed and going through this freaking spiritual journey that I've been on. Um, it's definitely changed my mindset in myself as well. I've become more confident in who I am as a person and I'm not concerned so much about other people's judgment. There comes a point where a doctor says to you, you have an 18% chance of survival where you go, I don't really care what the guy down the road thinks of what I'm doing and with my life. Like why was I concerning myself with a guy that I used to go to school with or what the girls in high school that might look at my Insta story might think of me? Why was I living my life like that? I don't know. But, you know, there were so many things I wanted to do for myself, but I thought, oh, you know, what would my friends think? Or like, Mm -hmm. what would, you know, like my auntie or my second cousin, all these people who were like, it doesn't really matter. You know, if they're not going to support me, then they're not really my true friends anyway. And so you kind of get to a point where I had become more confident, but I, I wish I had been able to see that from a younger age and not have to go through cancer in order to get there. So I wish I had known now that like, I do have the skill set within me to be able to do what we're about to do, you know yep. what I mean? And just trust myself a bit more, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't have any like specific business like, you know, there's Roxy Jasenko when she does her like um, in conversations chat, she also always says that she wishes she knew that you need like a good accountant and a bookkeeper yeah. and that's like really good advice but um, we already did know that. Sam, you know, he did law, he's a smart guy, we yeah. had all of that stuff set, set yeah. up. I don't really have anything I guess like that and also, you know, people with a lot of staffing issues are another thing that a lot of businesses have but we hired sort of friends and family that were like really close-knit to us so we've had you know, amazing run with the staff that we've had. Mm -hmm. We have had very little turnover in the eight. I think we've three staff, I think we've had not work for us. And two of them, I'm still very close with one just moved to another state. So it was like, you know, it wasn't any bad blood or anything. Um, One had a baby and decided to do that. You know what I mean? One decided to get into an acting career. So it was just very different things. So we've been very lucky with that. I think that staff, you know, knowing about staff and how hard it is to find the right people is a learning curve. And I think that when you hire based on skill set alone, that can get you into trouble. Mm -hmm. And it's very important to hire based on cultural fit, who's going to fit within the team, because it's a very hard dynamic when you have two staff, 10 staff, whatever it is, 100 staff, putting one more extra person there can just tip the balance completely. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, although we we did a good job with that, I know in other jobs that I have had, hiring based on skill set and personality, cultural fit is a lesson that people can learn the hard way. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I even learned that at my working at Cotton On. They were very much about that cultural fit. Like we can almost teach people, but we can't make them fit the culture. Yeah, exactly. And you could definitely tell teams that would have the cultural fit, but all the ones that had the skill set fit, you know, it was a different dynamic altogether. So, Court, thank you so much for joining me. I've absolutely loved this chat and I really and honestly know it'll resonate with so many people. So I hope so. (laughs) Thank you so much for everything you've shared. Where can people find you? Um, You can just follow me at Courtney Mangan on Instagram. All the stuff that you need to know will be there. (laughs) Love it. Thank you so much. And... Thanks for having me in Spin Studio. Oh, I hope you enjoyed this. I've loved it. Sound Studio, very exciting. You can't tell by my beaming smile the whole two hours. So professional. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five star review. 
For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.